hornswoggled. Now, there's a word you don't often hear outside the American Southwest. It means cheated or swindled, and it's the name of this tune by the late Bill Keith. This is Joe Boyd, and welcome to HH. bluegrass banjo picking, but harmonically, it's a very long way from anything typical of bluegrass. Bill Keith was a highly original, nerdy genius with a mathematical mind. In his teenage years, he decided to apply it to the art of bluegrass banjo. I first heard him play at the Club 47 in Cambridge, Massachusetts in the early 1960s. He had by then become a typical Boston-area folky a very different breed to the Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger disciples of the New York folk scene. Boston musicians weren't out to prove that all men were brothers. They were more interested in differences than similarities and would spend hour after hour perfecting a virtuoso style from Mississippi or Carolina or Chicago. Keith was so good that he knocked the socks off the two great kings of bluegrass music, Bill Monroe and Earl Scruggs, the first time they heard him. Monroe immediately recruited him to join his bluegrass boys. Bill adored Keith and praised him as the first banjo player who ever played the old Appalachian fiddle tunes the way they should be played. But he never called him Bill. It was always Brad Keith. As he explained, in Nashville, the name Bill was already taken. Monroe was fascinated by the city boys who were studying bluegrass and often becoming better at it than those born into the tradition. A group of city billies got together in Los Angeles in 1973 to back up Monroe on a television special. But the great man's bus broke down, so they did the show without him. I was in the studio for the taping, and afterwards I asked them if they'd like to make a record. I got us a deal with David Geffen at Asylum, and we made an album called Mule Skinner. Singer Peter Rowan, fiddler Richard Green, and Bill Keith on banjo were all Monroe alumni. Guitarist Clarence White had been asked to join Monroe, but reluctantly turned it down because of other commitments. While mandolin maestro David Grisman had studied with Monroe. Here's their version of my favorite Monroe tune. The tale of the boy who goes courting in the winter, finds his girl has gone out for a walk, and traces her footprints in the snow. A girlfriend of mine once claimed it was a song about stalking, but I think it's a very sweet story. in to see her, there was a big round room. My mama said she just stepped out, but she'd be returning soon. I found her little footprints, and I traced them through the snow. Well, I found 
That's the guitar playing of the great Clarence White, who was famous for his collaborations with Graham Parsons and the Birds. A little over a year after we did this session, he was run over and killed by a driver while changing a tire on a California highway. Bill Keith only lasted nine months with Monroe, but in Nashville he met and impressed the great Earl Scruggs, who had invented the bluegrass picking style when he played with the original Bill Monroe and his bluegrass boys in the early 40s before becoming the first of a long chain of musicians to leave because Monroe was such a difficult guy. He asked Keith to help him write an instruction book on the five-string banjo, and later he lent his name to Keith's invention of a notched tuning key, which was later called a Scruggs peg, that allowed banjo players to accurately tune up and down mid-solo, kind of like this. mid-60s, Keith branched out and joined the Jim Queskin Jug Band during the height of their fame. He played mostly rhythm in their jazz, blues, and ragtime repertoire, but he recorded a remarkable solo on this Mississippi John Hurt tune, sung by Maria Muldor. It's muted and barely sounds like a banjo, but it really is honest. She wore a brand new dress, so hurry home, sweet daddy, and don't you If you wait too long, your mama will be In 1971, I was hired to be head of music at Warner Brothers Films. It sounded like a cool job, but turned out to be mostly having directors call me at the last minute saying, get me John Williams. One exception was when John Boorman came in before he set off for the woods of North Georgia to make deliverance. He'd recorded a tune off the car radio while scouting locations and wanted dueling banjos for the famous scene when the inbred banjo-playing kid meets the urban folky. Boorman also wanted the theme played major, minor, slow, fast, upside down and sideways to use as the film's underscore. I knew just the man for the job, Bill Keith. But Keith had decided that his next task was to master the pedal steel guitar, and he was touring Europe with a country singer, honing his chops. I reached him backstage somewhere in England, and he asked me how much the fee was. $2,000, I said. 
He'd just met a nice girl who had invited him to visit her in Ireland. Weisberg can do it for you, Joe. Get Eric. And the rest is history. saw Bill in the early 80s, and he sheepishly admitted that he had finally recorded dueling banjos for a jeans commercial. Bill Keith succumbed to cancer last autumn, but not before he'd been inducted into the Bluegrass Hall of Fame. The sweetest guy, the smartest guy, and a true original. Joe Boyd, and I'm not hornswoggling you when I say I'll see you in a fortnight with letter I.I. I. <laughs>